0: This is Difference Makers. Welcome. I'm Mike Lee, Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, the 93.9 KPDQ FM network, AM 860, The Answer, KPAM, AM 1640, The Patriot, 93.1 LRA, and 104.1 The Fish. And I'd love to talk to you about how to possibly qualify for hosting your own radio program, becoming an authority, and expanding the reach of your ministry or business on the air and on our digital and online resources through Salem Surround. You can even host one of our station's events and bring people to your church or your business at no risk to you. Just email me at mikelee at kpdq.com. That's mikelee at kpdq.com. And during this season, if your church is interested in live streaming your service and putting the link on our website, make sure that you go to kpdq.com for the details. Got a couple of special guests with us over the phone. It's Joy Roberts and Julie Widman of Joy of Frenzy. Welcome, Joy. Welcome, Julie. How are you today?
1: (laughs) Hi, Mike Lee. It is so good to hear your voice even though we're not face to face it's great to connect again
0: well you were always such a part of the KPDQ family going back to when you were doing For the Joy of It and we love your radio program people still ask about it to this day but since then Frenzy is your big project I got to bump into you at Ignite and it was fun catching up a little but Frenzy seems to be your big focus right now and I think it's especially timely with so many restrictions requiring kids to be at home. And that's not always a bad thing, is it?
1: Right. Well, what is so great about focusing on Frenzy is that it's given us a chance to take a lot of what we learned with Joy of It and One Body United, working with adults, uh, specifically women across uh, the Portland area. What's been great about Frenzy is that on our heart was to really impact the next generation. And so when we began to kind of look at what as adults we deal with as far as social isolation, the same thing was happening in kids. And so about four years ago, we began to locally bring Specifically, girls through third through fifth grade together to focus on God's design for friendship. And out of that, we really discovered the need was for all kids, K through eight, co ed, boys and girls, to learn and understand how to be good friends. Because what was happening is kids were showing up to school without the skills that they need to navigate the social landscape. And so truly a lot of our work um, in conjunction with our work with Joy of It, a lot of our work has been uh, pouring into this frenzy program, which is now equipping schools and students across our nation and into Canada uh, with social emotional learning that is biblically based. And so It's a total joy to do the work that we get to do. It's absolutely the heartbeat of joy of it and of frenzy. And so now we find ourselves in a time where kids are even more socially isolated than they ever have been. Because with uh, our current fight against COVID-19, we are seeing uh, the required need to be physically isolated. And so our team's been busy. (laughs) We want to be able to equip students right now to have some um, work that they can do and some fun things that they can do with their parents at home currently.
0: I love that, Julie. So, Joy, you've built up quite an entourage of Christian women throughout the Portland area. And coronavirus really wasn't on our radar until very recently. So, with all the hats that you wear, Joy Roberts, including that huddle that you do for Fellowship of Christian Athletes, what is your focus right now?
1: Um, I think, well, I know our focus is really equipping people to have open and honest conversations about what is happening. Um, uh, What we're seeing in our culture today is that isolation has been happening. Over 50% of adults feel they're functioning in a place of loneliness and isolation. And that's disproportionately affecting children. In fact, 63% of students say that they do not have one caring adult that they could go to in a time of crisis. And so that is how students are feeling this. Um, place of isolation and loneliness and this was before COVID-19 and so now we're in this season where we are literally being physically isolated and so one of the key points of conversation that we're launching into um, with other adults and in particular in leading conversations with children and with parents is how to have open and honest dialogue about what's happening in our circumstances and situations around COVID-19 because it's causing a lot of anxiety, stress, and uncertainty. And so to not engage in those conversations actually pushes people into places of greater isolation. And so adults and children feel like they're going through this experience alone, but the reality is, is that we are all in this together. We're all in this moment in time experiencing the stress, the anxiety, and the tension Um, the unknown with the coronavirus. And so I think having open and honest dialogue um, is really a really good starting point for us.
0: If you're on our Facebook pages at TrueTalk800 and at KPDQ, you've noticed that I've thrown a recent link up of some wonderful and free resources that Frenzy has put forward. And I'll make sure that all of the relevant and pertinent links are also at... TrueTalking100.com on the Difference Makers page. So, Julie, as the parent of a young son and a daughter, and Joy as Mm -hmm. the mother of two college-age young men, can you quell the fears of parents that really may have been blindsided by the fact that all of a sudden their kids are home and all the time? Mm -hmm. I mean, isn't this really not so much something to be afraid of, but something to take advantage of? Because – We're forced to be together. For me personally, as a dad, uh, I I mourn the loss of driving my kids to and from youth group because now that my middle teenagers are driving, I've lost those Um. automatic conversations for that three exit drive on I-5 because some of our best chats have come out of that. So all of a sudden, you may not be used to your kids being home, but that's really something that's a special season. We don't know how long it's going to last, but a lot of benefits come from that. Isn't that true, Julie? I
1: think it's true. I think a lot of us, if we're honest, might take a little while to get there, though, with you, Mike. Um, what's happened is this has all come about so quickly. And there's a lot of unknown that parents are dealing with right now as well. Um, financial unknowns, uh, the future unknowns. And so what, what we're hearing from parents and students is that now we're all in the same place, having to kind of navigate the unknown together. And truthfully, I think it's been hard. Um, a lot of parents are used to having the time when their kids are in school to either work or, or do life at home. And, and now we're all at home dealing with the stress together. And so I guess what I would say is that it can be that way. And yes, we would all love to have the storybook of, you know, building puzzles together and sitting by the fire and watching Netflix or Disney together. But the reality is, is that people have been kind of fearful and scared. And so what we realize is that we can actually help our parents and our students by um, having them evaluate and have a little bit of self-management, which is one of the first uh, social emotional learning competencies that we talk about is having some self-awareness. How am I feeling? What am I dealing with? And in getting back to a place of the present, um, we work with an educational psychologist named Dr. Marcella Chiromo, and she actually wrote a uh, blog for us on how to deal with stress in um, the time of coronavirus. And I think that it gives us a lot of great information, not only for talking to kids, but also for adults to navigate this unknown because you're right, Mike, we would all love to have camping time in our backyard right now or um, walks on the street with our dogs. but we're all kind of in shock right now, I think a little bit. And so we can get there and you're right. We, we will get there. We'll get there together. And there will be some great moments and some hard moments.
0: So Joy, yeah. since fear and anxiety have been heightened especially during this time what would you suggest that parents can do to help their kids process these emotions
1: Well, I think it's really important to, as parents, and this is kind of spinning off what Julie was saying, is that we need to enter into conversations from a calm place. And so I think as parents, we need to find our footing so that we can enter into conversations where we can share share and address our children's questions because they're having questions like, what is COVID-19? Am I going to get it? Do I have it? What happens if we get the COVID-19. And so all of this uncertainty is fueling questions. And so I think we need to enter in from a calm and logical place, provide accurate information in a kid-friendly language, and then begin to model behavior. And I think one of the greatest things that we can be doing as adults is anchoring into hope. And hope Mm. is not... A solution, but it is something that gives us the capacity to actually persevere and work through different difficult times and circumstances. And so when I talk about modeling hope, I'm talking about our faith, which fuels our hope, which really gives us the capacity to step into these conversations in a place of calmness um, and address them holistically. And our team, we've been um, really reflecting on the word hope. Uh, One of the reasons is because we are in this together. We're not in places of isolation. This is something that we're going to actually work through together. We believe that this Season that is really difficult right now is going to pass, and our team was looking at a story that came out of Italy just last week about children who were brokering hope
0: oh I love that so so how did that work
1: Well, we saw this story that came out of Italy that um, in the middle of this devastation. Uh, really just um, coming down on Italy so quickly and so hard, the children of Italy actually began to paint uh, pictures of rainbows with a simple message, a simple sentence underneath the rainbows and in Italian it said, everything will be alright. And they began to hang these painted uh, rainbows and this message to decorate windows and balconies across the began in Lombardy region of Italy and then it spread slowly over the period of three days across the country. And so pictures came, were coming in of, of entire sheets being painted, hung over the balconies. And it was really just these words of hope, um, these encouraging words from these little artists that were um, really hanging and filling the air and the space with love and encouragement for um, their people. And so what we did at Frenzy is we created a doodle sheet or a coloring page for kids in our country throughout the U.S. They can paint um, or, or they can color on this doodle sheet, uh, a rainbow with the words in Italian and the words in English, everything will be all right.
0: Oh, I love it.
1: So- and the, the, this is um, really anchoring into the Hebrews ten twenty three passage that talks about holding unswervingly to the hope we provide. Profess and the one who is faithful. And so this activity, we call it a, a doodling and conversation activity, and this activity is really designed for parents to share a story, a practical illustration, and then to launch a conversation because the process of doodling itself, coloring and doodling, is proven um by psychologists and research and studies that doodling actually and coloring actually helps alleviate stress, but it's also a place that creates room for authentic conversation so that parents can have this conversation that can be stressful, but it can be anchored into hope. And so the activity that Julie referenced is actually a space for kids to color and doodle while sharing the story, while unpacking uh, the scripture in Hebrews, and we'll have having a conversation. And so we have conversation prompts included um, on that landing page on our website to really help parents navigate this conversation and really release hope in the hearts of their kids.
0: So do you feel a need, Joy and Julie, to try to be pretty much on your A-game and be perfect in front of your kids? Or is there a little levity? Is there space for us to not have to be perfect in front of the kids, even though the season has a lot of uncertainty to it?
1: I think I, it's I the think, most important time <laughs> to be honest with our kids, uh, to be real with our kids. Uh, kids and teenagers can sniff out inauthenticity in, in a, half a second. And so to be real, to be relatable, to feel like you can be okay not knowing all the answers is um, a really important Part of parenting during crisis and as believers in Jesus when we are in that place, it's such an important time to be able to model to our kids when we feel like that, when we're in a place of unknown, that we can actually lean in to God's Word, to times with Him to pray. Maybe you need to just stop in that moment and ask God to fill you with hope or fill you with comfort and to give you those answers. But no, I I feel complete freedom to be 100% honest right now because um, we need to have honest and real conversations that are safe in our household. And I think our kids, they know when we're faking it. And so I think there are appropriate responses. We want to come with um, calm and logic um, and we want to speak in a kid-friendly language. Um, I think one of the our team has been having a conversation a lot about how can how can we model what are our responses to adults and, and what does that look like? In our team, we have educational psychologists, counselors, and other um, adults who are passionate about equipping kids with the emotional skills they need to navigate be stressful and in certain times. And so one of the number one things our our team keeps coming back to is that we need to stay in the present. Uh, When we start looking ahead about what's happening to our 401K um, at the end of this year or what's going to happen next week in the hospitals, um, there's this spiral of chaos. And so I think it's helpful to stay in the present with our kids and to reframe what's happening. And I think as adults, we need to be fact checking our thoughts. Uh, one of the things that, that we practice on our team in times of stress is actually deep breathing. Um, and then uh, Dr. Chiromo uh, threw out to us this idea. She calls it the three 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 rule.
0: We're going to cut to a break, and then I want to hear the three 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 rule in uh, its entirety. Uh, you're listening to Joy Roberts and Julie Widman on Difference Makers. Welcome back to Difference Makers. I'm Mike Lee. Across the glass, my friend Clark Hilton. And across the phone lines, the co-founders of Frenzy, a local nonprofit group that partners with schools across the United States, teaching friendship skills, K through 8th grade, to support students in managing their emotions to set and achieve positive goals. Feeling and showing empathy for others and maintaining positive relationships as well as making responsible decisions. So welcome Frenzy co-founders Julie Whitman and Joy Roberts. So good to have you back on the line, sisters. Are you holding up okay?
1: Yeah, we are. I'm doing great. How about you, Julie? We're good. We're good. Uh, five days into self-isolation feels like 5,000 days in, I think.
0: <laughs> I hear you, and I'm so used to having you here in the studio. It's kind of a little bit disjointed for me doing this over the phone.
1: <laughs> I know, I know, but I can see your face. Thankfully, we've had enough face-to-face time that I still remember what you look like, Mike.
0: <laughs> Just slightly less hair than the last last time probably <laughs> make sure to follow frenzy on both facebook and instagram at at frenzy dot j-o-i at enjoy of it and frenzy is spelled like friend z y get it so anyway before the break we were talking about the three 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 rule. so could you elaborate on that please
1: yeah the um three 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 rule has actually been incredibly helpful i was um on a walk outside uh with just my husband on a path just the two of us practicing social distancing and (laughs) we were like spiraling in the chaos of all that's happening in the news and in our culture you know everything that we're carrying and i was telling my husband i think we need to practice the three 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 rule um to kind of ground ourselves in the present. And again, this was really designed for parents to uh, put into practice as a model to children. Um, but I'm speaking as adults. My husband and I are both adults. We qualify for that. Um, we found it really helpful. And so the 333 three, three rule, again, Dr. Chiroma on our team tossed this out to us, is that in order to stay in the present, you can help by observing or naming three things that you see three things that you hear, and three parts of your body that you're moving. And so it's the things that you see, three things that you hear, and three parts of your body that you're moving. And so what that does is it really allows us to step into the present and move out of um, spiraling into the uncertainty. And we found that really helpful uh, to put into practice.
0: Probably keeping in slightly better shape, keeping those three body parts moving simultaneously, right? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yes, absolutely. I think we've had such great weather this last week, which has been so helpful to all of us. I think that a lot of us want to do something during this time. And so another aspect that Dr. Troma told us and really suggested that families can figure out what they can do, what can they do together. Moving your body is one of those things. But I think also making a list, we're hoping to make a list this weekend with my family of, you know, a bucket list of things that we want to do together now that we have this time together. And so maybe that might be cooking meals together or playing Playing games together, or having a dance party in your living room, but um, making some some ideas, putting some ideas onto paper of fun things to do as a family or as um, as we're inside for a little bit longer. And I think it is really important to establish some kind of routine. I feel like our routines have gone out the window with us being uh, in in our homes and in our homes all together. And I think it's really important. Um, to in these chaotic times to actually develop some patterns, so to have a set wake-up time and a set bedtime. And like Julie's talking about, schedule out a list of activities that you are going to accomplish throughout the day. And so what this does, what routine does, is it helps establish control In a time when things feel like everything is out of control. And so I think setting new rhythms within the home is actually a really helpful pattern to implement to kind of ease some of the stress and tension and uncertainty that we're all feeling.
0: So intentionality and scheduling things and planning them, even in this awkward, unusual season, that's a good thing for us to do with our families. So you've mentioned some great free resources that you have at your website, and I'll make sure that I post all the pertinent links to the Difference Makers page at TrueTarget100.com, in addition to throwing it on our Facebook pages. But are there certain things that we as parent figures or mentors should avoid saying? What do you think, Joy?
1: Well, I think there are a list of, um, we have this on our website. Again, we have our educational psychologists, because I am not an educational psychologist, but I'm thankful to serve on a team of amazing and and qualified individuals to lean into this question. And so um, I think uh, on our website, you'll find a handout that talks about what kid-friendly conversations look like and what they sound like so that they're age-appropriate because you want to give enough information that you're addressing the question, but you don't want to overshare information and overwhelm children with content that they cannot understand. And so um, we've partnered with organizations that are able to share and provide great resources and um, one some of the questions and I'll actually I'm pulling it up on the website right now so that I can take a quick look at some of the questions that you can see, but answering questions like, how do I present my, prevent myself from getting COVID-19 or the coronavirus? And so these are questions that our kids are asking. And so one of the things we wouldn't want to say to our children is, I don't know, or we don't know what to do, or we have no idea, or it's not a big deal, Um, To alleviate concerns with kids, it's better to answer directly and say something like doctors and health experts are working really hard to help people stay healthy, and it's important for all of us to work together and follow instructions on how to be well. And so using... Uh, plural words like together, creating the, the emphasis that the child is not alone, that we're not alone, that we're all in this together, I think is, is soothing in and of itself. And then I think it's also important to give some really explicit um, ways, things that children can do to help protect themselves against spreading the coronavirus. For example, you could invite them when they cough or sneeze to do it in a tissue and then to immediately go and throw the tissue in the trash or, uh, we've had lots of giggles around um, how to get kids to wash their hands for 20 seconds. And so I don't know what Julie's been doing in her house, but we've heard reports of families singing the happy birthday song two times through. And so I think um, answering the questions directly, uh, but also giving some practical examples are incredibly helpful when we into these conversations with young children.
0: Well, speaking of healthy habits, what would you suggest to the younger kids versus if you have kids who are maybe high school-aged or older? What do you think, Julie?
1: Well, one thing that we've discovered in working as a team is that sometimes – new challenges or new stresses are hard to process through. And so one of the resources that we've created on the website is the journaling resource. And and actually, I would suggest journaling for people of all ages at this time because what we know about journaling is that when we as individuals take time to process privately through our thoughts and think about what we're thinking and feeling about as far as the circumstances around us, it's, it gets our... Um, our, it gets ourselves ready to actually be willing to share what we're thinking and feeling with others. And so when we journal, when we take time away from people, when we take time to look at our thoughts and feelings, it actually gets us ready to be able to share our thoughts and feelings. And so this is true for adults and kids alike. And so on our on our resource page, we have a variety of different journal options. Um, we have, for little kids, we have journaling, which looks more like drawing a picture of what they did to Day And then identifying how they're feeling during the day by coloring in a happy face or a worried face or a sad face. And then actually identifying with the help of a parent, what are three things that went well today? When we look at positive psychology, when we identify three things that went well during the day, it actually gives us the capacity to feel better about the day and the things that we're facing. And so then in the third through fifth grade, we have a different journal. And then obviously when we get to middle schoolers, um, we are asking them to write out about their day and they can identify those three things. But again, for even for adults or high schoolers to pick up a journal at this point, I think it helps you sort through your feelings. And then truly we're living in, we're living history right now. We have not encountered this time in our life ever. They're saying in a century, since 1918 to 19, when the Spanish flu was around, our world hasn't experienced this. And so in a lot of ways, these are the stories that we and our kids are going to be sharing with our grandkids. And so having time to take um, 20 to 30 minutes to fill out a journal about what we're facing, what we're experiencing, uh, is just going to be really powerful, not only for your social-emotional health right now, but for your ability to share this story with the next generation later.
0: That's going to be valuable. Okay. I don't and, I don't know about you, but having lost relatives and loved ones in uh, their elderly age groups, I miss those stories. So, so do indeed mm-hmm. journal them now because you'll appreciate them later and maybe even more so your family will. So I'm sorry. Joy, what were you saying? I...
1: I I agree, Mike. I think that what we're experiencing right now, this, which is really unprecedented to Julie's point since 1918, and clearly we're in a completely different Uh, place and time, but these are the stories that our children are going to be telling their grandchildren. And so, with all of this transition that's happening so quickly, I think it's valuable to gather our thoughts to help us process our feelings and experiences. And obviously, with journaling, I shouldn't say obviously, one of the things about journaling is it helps us get our ideas and thoughts down on paper, which is actually a stress reducer that helps us Mm -hmm. actually work through points of trauma and Allows us to stop worrying or ruminating about our current circumstances that feel really heavy. And when we do this, brain science actually shows us that it helps us to relax. And so we've all heard before, before you go to bed, if you're thinking about something, you need to write it down on a list so that you can, you know, put it in a place so that you can address it later. And so I think it's capturing the story of this moment so that we can. Fully communicated at a later point in time, but it's also helping us process in the midst of it, so that we can be more present, and so that we can have more capacity and bandwidth to actually deal with the pressures and the stress that we're facing, which are are very real today. So it's not removing the the stress and the pressure, but again, it's coming back to that idea of hope. When we anchor into hope, it gives us the capacity to work through. Um, we have been. Leaning into Psalm 46, and if you are not familiar with Psalm 46, I want to encourage all of the listeners today to camp out in Psalm 46. It is this beautiful um, piece of poetry that encourages us and washes over us, and I believe imparts hope into us as we navigate these uncertain times. And so I don't know where we're at with time, Mike, but if we have time, I'd love to read a couple of verses out of Psalm 46.
0: Oh, let's do that in a couple of minutes. Great wisdom from Joy Roberts and Julie Whitman. They'll be back next on Difference Makers. You're listening to Difference Makers. My name is Mike Lee. In the immortal words of Michael W. Smith, life is tough, but God is good. And we've got some great friends on the mm-hmm. line. Make sure that you check out Frenzy's website, frenzy.co, that's friendz yco and you'll find out some incredible resources put up there by Joy Roberts, Julie Widman, and company. And Joy, before the break, we are talking about great go-to verses when it comes to leaning on the Word of God and trusting on Him and not getting so overblown by circumstance that we forget that we can trust God. So what are your suggestions?
1: So our our team, in particular, Julie and I have been leaning into Psalm 46. Actually, we were um, anchored in this passage prior to even knowing what the coronavirus was. And so I think the beautiful thing about God's Word is that it's timeless and that it is an anchor for all storms that we face. And so and it lays the foundation for us to navigate. And so um, we've been in Psalm 46, and I'm just going to read the first couple of verses <laughs> that I feel like are so appropriate for this time. And it says, God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble. And so it's this Idea that we are in this place of chaos, and yet the Lord is our refuge and strength and our very present help, and He is the anchor that keeps us from being swept away in fear, even though the chaos and the storms are very real that we're facing with the coronavirus and everything that's happening. And when I think about this passage, I'm reminded of. Jesus in, in John 17, where He's calling us out as believers, and He's reminding us who we are in Him. And I, I think it's significant for us as t- for in this time as believers to uh, broker peace, and that we carry something that is so vital and necessary in the world. And so when you read John 17, and I'm picking up in uh, verse 21, it says, "...as the you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, may they also be in us. And so why, why why should we be in him? It says, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory you have given me, I have given them so that they may be one as we are one. And so I believe that we're in a time and a season where the Lord is calling us to a place of unity, even though we're being physically divided into separate places. I think it's really critical to remember that we are in this together and that the Lord is our rock and that He is anchoring us in the storm. And I think when we stand in that, when I stand in that place, I feel peace. I feel His presence. And I think it's when we find places of rest, it actually gives us the capacity to offer that peace and hold out that peace to other people that we come in contact with. And so I, I guess I just want to anchor into those spaces and encourage all the listeners to really anchor into the truth of God's Word, because His truth doesn't change. Mm-hmm. I love the
0: fact that you're just so entrenched in hope and that you spread that to everyone you meet, Julie and Joy. So keep up the good work. So just out of curiosity, what are your respective families doing for church this weekend?
1: Oh, well, last, it's uh, probably the same thing as Julie, same thing that we did last weekend. We got to do church in our PJs in uh, my husband's (laughs) office. Um, And we, uh, it actually was really, really nice. It does feel odd singing with a computer. Um, Not all of us were comfortable with that. But uh, what's amazing about this time is that it gives us a chance to, anchor into what's important, to come home and and think about diving into God's Word and asking Him to uh, uncover what He wants to work in us. That psalm just really speaks to this idea that we have a quiet confidence in who He is, and uh, connecting with our church bodies on Sunday is just Another way to kind of reconnect with the center of of who we are, and um, also feel in community at that time, even though it's across uh, across a TV screen or a computer screen.
0: Well, that's for um,
1: sure. I I took the opportunity to visit a whole bunch of churches on Sunday, and so right. <laughs> not physically, but um, I there is such a great words and encouragement coming out of our churches. And so I'll give you my short list that I pressed into on Sunday. I don't know if you've heard George Merriweather preach before, but he preached it. He's at Northeast Community Fellowship. Uh, George and Mary Merriweather are really good friends of ours, and um, he really pastored his people well. He pastored me well, and he pastored, I think, everyone within hearing, and um, so that was one of them. Another one is I, I attend Beaverton Forest Square, and so Brad Williams um, just brought a word of encouragement that I thought was poignant for this time. Another really good friend of mine is Keith and Coco Jenkins, and they lead um, East Hill Church out in Gresham, and so he preached a word <laughs> that was on fire, and um, I also have a good friend Ashley Bell. She's at Cedar Mill Bible, and her church community just laid out uh, words of encouragement and brought worship, and it was just it just felt really good to lean into all of these conversations and again see the entire body of Christ rising up in this time and brokering peace and encouragement. And I just want to say that all of these churches that I've mentioned are doing amazing work in their communities. They're actually um, literally being the hands of the Christ, like continuing to see people, church people, 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 very. Practical needs, like it's a, ama- it is amazing. I would have to say it's been amazing to watch the uh, church community, the believing community, rise up and meet very tangible and practical needs. Huh. I we have partnered, Mike, with a lot of churches through our citywide frenzy program, and one of the churches that we um, began partnering with about four years ago is the neighborhood church off of Stafford Road. And they, this Sunday, are doing a drive-in church service. And so they're going to have, they're inviting anyone to drive in in their cars, and they're going to actually be um, sending the church service, I don't know how they're going to do this, but by FM radio. So it's almost like a drive, you know, like a drive-in movie theater, but it's going to be a drive-in church service. And I thought that was kind of a fun idea. Everyone will stay in their cars and be safe, but be able to at least gather in the parking lot, which, which, which is an interesting idea, if nothing, uh, nothing else.
0: <laughs> what a great idea. You know, there's some churches that are doing the drive-through type service, like well, when we used to go to movies back in the day of the drive-in theater. So they're located right off right, of I-205, right. the uh, Stafford Road exit. And uh-huh. that's Neighborhood Church. That's, that's really exciting. Well, I know that my church is, that is doing the video thing now. And we're having growing pains. But everyone's being really gracious about it. I think we lost our Vimeo feed that maybe too, pe- too many people were on all at once. So after that, they just stuck with <laughs> Facebook Live. And you know what? It was fun. And all the comments that came along were positive they were uplifting, they were encouraging, saying, you're doing a great job, keep at it. And we don't have to be perfect when it comes to our video technology. You just getting the Word of God out there in whatever way, shape, form we can. And in this season, it is kind of fun to do church in your pajamas with the rest of your family, and then flick <laughs> church to church without having to drive around.
1: Right. Well, we always say that we are the most socially... Um, the most technologically connected, but the most socially disconnected that we've ever been. And actually now with coronavirus, we're the most physically disconnected as well. And yet we can use this technology. We can use um, what actually has in a lot of ways separated us. We can now learn to use it to bring us together. So it's a really interesting time and place that we're in and I know that my mom, who is in her 60s, had a Zoom call over coffee with five of her uh, girlfriends that she's been walking with for 35 years, and so that was really fun to hear. You know, lots of different generations using different ways to technologically um, take this time to come together socially. I was going to say relationships matter. I believe that we're going to come through this season, and we're all— all going to have opportunities to re-engage and that reengagement may look different. But I think in this time where we have a little bit of downtime, um, what we do through Frenzy is we teach the five core competencies of emotional intelligence. And so when you think about emotional intelligence, we all need emotional intelligence to have healthy relationships. And when I think about that and I think about, Scripture, this is actually God's design for relationship and strong communities, and he, he lays that out Genesis to Revelation. When you think about what Paul has written, he spends so much time talking about how different communities with different backgrounds and different places of division of socioeconomics, how they come together and how they function in a way that's health, uh, healthy and that is glorifying. And so when when we teach the five core competencies of emotional intelligence to, ki- to kids, there are five things that we teach. And I think as adults, these certainly apply to us as well. And so the five core competencies um, that I think we should be leaning into and practicing right now, individually and collectively in our small groups, are self awareness. The second one is self management because if you can't be self aware and identify your emotions and feelings, then you cannot manage your emotions and your emotions and feelings. And so you have self-awareness, self-management, and the third one is responsible decision-making. And then the fourth one is social awareness, and then the fifth co- component is relationship skills. And so all five of those core competencies work together. So you have self-awareness, self-management. Um, when you can manage your emotions and feelings, then you can make responsible decisions. And so responsible decisions are based on being able to identify problems and solutions. Um, And then you move to social awareness. And social awareness means that I have the capacity to recognize my own feelings and I can recognize and understand your perspective and feelings. And so uh, social awareness is where we really get to practice empathy. And when I think about empathy in our country and when we look at data points uh, within the schools, empathy has actually declined by 40% in our schools over the last 10 years. And so we have an opportunity to cultivate empathy that comes through perspective taking so that we can be socially aware and really glorify the Lord through our words and actions and how we treat and engage with other people. And then that fifth component is relationship skills. Without those other four components, we don't get to um, navigate through tension and have healthy conversations and communication. And so um, I think as we're settling in and as we have a little free space in our schedule, <laughs> I would encourage us to consider that emotional intelligence component because I think that's going to be vital as we adjust to a new normal and actually begin to reengage in our communities over the next months to come.
0: Good points there, Julie. Got about two and a half minutes before we have to land the plane here. But do you have any guesses of why empathy has taken such a hit recently?
1: Oh well, I I think one of the biggest challenges is that um, we're losing our ability to practice perspective taking, and so. Um, I don't understand what I'm feeling, and so I can't fully understand what you're feeling. And so I think when we look at technology and uh, functioning in places of isolation, which over 50% of Americans identify, according to research, as being in places of loneliness or isolation. And so I think um, because of that, we're losing our ability to actually exhibit empathy, to feel empathetically and feel what other people are feeling. And it starts with perspective taking.
0: That's wild. So any great suggestions in our last minute and a half, Joy Roberts?
1: Well, I would just suggest that people hit up our website, go to frenzy.co, and check out all the resources that are there. If you're interested in learning about the core competencies of social emotional learning, which is really what we're talking about here. When we talk about emotional, um, IQ, uh, you, there's a lot of information and parents could actually use some of the resources that have been designed for teachers at this point. Te- parents are looking for activities to engage their, their kids while they're home and learning how to homeschool at this point. And we have a variety of different games and, um, Uh, crafts as well as some lessons on our website all of those are available to download and use for free we would just love to be able to support our community in that way
0: Joy Roberts, Julie Whitman, thank you so much for all you have done over the years through the community with Joy of It and with Frenzy. And I'll make sure that all of the links are posted online. Please do make sure that you take advantage of all of these free resources for parents and kids right now, because Joy the Frenzy is simply. Put it out there So yeah Maybe the COVID-19 mm-hmm. Thing can be Scary for us To deal with At times But we are not Without hope We are not Without brains Tools and resources And most importantly We're not without The word of God And we can trust In him So Joy Roberts And Julie Whitman Thank you so much For taking time Out of your business Schedules to help Us all out today
1: Absolutely Thank you, thank you Mike, Mike Lee
0: Always a pleasure And that website Again is frenzy.co, Friendzy.co And thank you so much for joining us right here on Difference Makers.